You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today we have Kristen Ramirez and Hannah Merlino on with us from Nurses in the Know. Uh, guys, thanks so much for being here with us today. Oh, thanks so much for having us. We're, we're really excited. Uh, so Hannah and Kristen, why don't you tell us a little bit about you as a nurse? Um, how long have you been nurses? What kind of nurses are you? And uh, how do you guys know each other? Kristen, right, you want to go? Kristen, you, this is all you say, first. Go, no, man, go first. Of course, of course. <laughs> so I've been a nurse. Uh, this is Hannah here. Uh, I've been a nurse for about four and a half years. Um, I did an accelerated program. Uh, I was originally a psych major um, and went decided last second to go back into nursing. I started as a new nurse in ICU, uh, a multi-system ICU, and that's actually where I met Kristen and we'll kind of talk a little more about our relationship further on in, in the episode. Um, but yeah, so I started at a multi-system ICU and uh, then the ICU that I started at was expanding. So I trained in CVICU and rapid response. Um, and then I left the bedside for a little bit to be uh, an infectious disease rounding nurse. Uh, and I enjoyed that little stint away. And I've done some uh, time, you know, just like, per diem play at different places and agency nursing. Uh, I do a, a little bit here and there and then we have the podcast, of course. Kristen? And now it's, it's my turn. I get to follow up with that. So I'm Kristen. I, I've been a nurse for, gosh, now I'm um, almost six years. I am just like Hannah, started right out of nursing school into the ICU. I was actually graduated in August, but I had a job offer in May. And I completely contribute that to networking, getting in there, making my face known and saying, hey, I am going to work here and pretty much didn't give them an option to tell me no. Um, so I stayed there for a while. And just like every other nurse, after you have that two-year contract, like six months before it's up, you start to get that itch of like, do I really want to stay here? What am I going to do? Um, initially I was going to go and do CRNA school, but then I sat, thought about life, what I want, future, family, kids kind of thing. And how can I manage it? So I really had to do some soul searching, change things up. And of course I went over to the OR because that was my idea of change, um, in order to prepare myself for school enrolled. I'm in school full-time. I have two more trimesters left and I will be finished with my FNP program. I do plan to go get my postmasters. Stay tuned and follow up on the podcast for me to talk more about that and those plans. <laughs> but um, actually, did that for a little while. Then COVID hit last year, and I decided that um, I my skill set because I was still doing agency here and there would be best suited for me to go back to the ICU. So. I decided to leave. What I really enjoyed was the pre-op, the PACU, the OR life, and go back to my 312s in the ICU. And then I had this wonderful job that just kind of fell into my lap. And I really do have and, and have been talking about it a lot more. And that's the remote telehealth triage that I've been doing. So I still have my 312s. 
I do that. And then I'm in school full time, plus the podcast. I show horses and pretty much have myself spread so thin, but I'm not thin. So I'm working on both of those things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That sounds awesome. When you said you were going into the OR, I thought you were going to say that you decided to pursue the CRNA, but so you're doing your FNP. Oh, curveball. Yeah. Yeah, it was a curveball. Okay. And now you're the, so the remote telehealth uh, triage Mm -hmm. sounds interesting too. What is that? Okay. So um, it's actually, I had a, essentially we, we, I work for a private company that's contracted out for another large corporation that's all over the actual North America. So Canada, the United States and Mexico specifically right now. Um, our main focus is on triaging for COVID related um, in the workplace and at home and exposures. So that's a main thing that we focus on. I work 312s right now. They have been fantastic with me with flexibility when it comes to school and needing off. And then if I can work a couple hours here because it is a 24 seven line that, you know, these individuals call in and we help triage to where they need to go, make appointments, look at their cases specifically. It's been great for me because it would just be like, it's the comfort from home when it comes to like studying and not having to leave. We've saved money on groceries, gas, because before my commute over to work in the ICU where Hannah and I met one another was almost an hour one way. So I drove because I live out in the middle of no man's land with cows, but hey, that's a personal decision. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So both of you are, you know, the the typical nurse, you have uh, multiple jobs, multiple things going on, multiple interests, and stretched very thin. And yet you came up with this idea to start a podcast because you had like a second to spare in your your life. (laughs) That's the interesting part. So, I mean, Hannah and I have both been in the ICU. Uh, We precepted we've seen a lot of nurses. Um, Nurses are kind of drawn to both of us, uh, talk to us about life, not just nurses, respiratory therapists who think they want to go to nursing school or who are in nursing school. I mean, I can sit and talk to people. I just have one of those faces, I guess. But um, one day I was looking at Hannah and I'm like, hey, there are all these nurses that are burnt out. I'm like, so-and-so on the fifth floor is like, at their wits end, fixing a call at a day, going to go work at Starbucks. This one over here is telling me that like, they're going to take, I don't even know, a PRN job and just like quit nursing altogether and go be a, be something. I don't even remember what it was. So we kept talking about it. I'm like, Hannah, none of these nurses know that they're like, when you talk to them, you're like, well, why don't you go into case management or go into home health or something like that? Those are kind of like natural things that are an extension from the hospital, right? And I say natural isn't something that we have an exposure to because these individuals come in on units, you meet them and you ask them what they do, network from there. I said, but what about these other avenues like IV hydration? What about, you know, remote telehealth? Because it was something that I myself was personally researching because I had no idea that nurses could work from home and get paid. I just thought that was something for IT. I had no idea. So then we talked about informatics, different things. And so one day I came up to Hannah. And I was like, hey, why don't we start a podcast? Because I'm in school full time. You're thinking about going to school and you want to start a family because this is the perfect time to add something else to our plate. And (laughs) always a perfect time. We're a little bit manic. And I think that's why we work so well together. (laughs) 
So, so how did you guys kind of um, go from idea to execution? Because I, I, I mean, I personally have come up with tons of ideas with other people and, you know, we might even write out a whole plan on a napkin or something. And then the next day, somehow everything <laughs> just kind of like dissolves and goes away. I think it's interesting that you said the napkin part, because I literally on the back of one of my report sheets, I was like, Hannah, this is what I think we should call it. And this is what I want to talk about. And it needs to be besides bedside because there's life outside of bedside. Because at that point, she had been in, in bedside in the ICU. And remember, I did my stint over there in surgical services. So I was like this fresh puppy that was happy to be back and was like, yeah, I just came from working Monday through Friday and taking call on the weekends and like working not not just 40 hours, like 65, 70, 80 hours, 110 in two weeks. Like I've been doing a lot. So I was happy to just do three twelves. And I think that's why I had so much energy, but I was like, we need to do something else. So I wrote it on a piece of paper and then I kept sending her articles while we were at work. And I pretty much irritated the crap out of her until she was like, okay, I'll do it. Okay, a lot of it is totally Kristen's tenacity and perseverance to like really drive that drives this podcast. I think a lot of it is also just our passion in general. Like, yeah, yeah, you can have a million um, ideas and they can be great ideas. But if at the end of the day, you're not passionate about them and you're not like, oh, man, this is what I really want to do. Like our driving force was always like we always saw all these we would talk to all these nurses on the floor that were just so burnt out and we're like, oh, I can't do this. I'm going to go be a flight attendant. And we're like, no, you have all these awesome skills. You, you're a great nurse. Like, and you, you know, so much, you're so knowledgeable. Okay. You're burnout. Let's, let's find a place in nursing for you. And so we were already having these conversations with our peers. Um, so we're like, okay, we gotta, we gotta, there's this problem in nursing where everyone's trying to leave because they are so burnout. We have to yeah. find a place for these nurses. And I think that's what what it came down to is like I said Chris and I are both a little bit manic um sometimes and we do like hey this is a great idea let's do it and then you never do it because you don't have the drive and the passion behind it and I think that's what it was for the podcast for for us was we had the passion and we're really passionate about nursing and and keeping nurses in the field of nursing um so I think that's really what it came down to for us so what do you think uh, is kind of driving the burnout? Because in a lot of cases, a lot of nurses, I mean, it's it's decent pay. It's good pay. Um, I mean, for the most part, you're in, in decent working conditions. Um, but, you know, there's still this kind of like deep-seated burnout that's, that's really hurting the profession. So we won't even tip the iceberg with COVID because that's like a whole nother burnout beast. Yeah. So let's just say we're recording this podcast pre-COVID or before COVID. I like to call it BC. Let's say after COVID. Let's say it's gone away. It disappeared. Okay. So okay, whatever. Okay, AC. So after after COVID, I mean after after COVID, we're recording this podcast. I think a lot of it is leadership and the way management really drives the like oh everything has to be about age caps and everything's about the patient family and it's not nurse centered anymore um yes um making sure that your fam the patient's family and the patient are happy are important aspects of nursing but it's not everything because sometimes family members can be wrong um and i think it's also just nurses aren't the best at saying no 
Um, and just really like, yes, the, the pay is decent, but it's not, it's not great for the amount of schooling you have to do the amount of experience you have to have. And you know what I mean? Like you're not, I just don't feel like you're necessarily compensated adequately for the amount of work that you do and the skill level that you need to have to be a, a good nurse. And then, I mean, so my, my opinion on burnout too, I think has a lot to do with the undertones and the attitudes and the culture of where you're at. And, you know, misery loves company. So if you have some individual who is not happy where they're at in general in life, uh, in jobs, if they are a person who compares themselves, you know, and where they thought that they wanted to be versus where they're at, a lot of that manifests itself in a working environment and people for whatever reason are drawn to that negativity in, in anything. And I mean, just like going down the highway, for instance, you see people on the opposite side going the opposite direction that slow down to gawk at the accident, right? People are drawn to stuff like that. Not that I'm saying the profession of nursing is a train wreck. I'm not. Some people will depict it as that. That's another reason why we have the podcast, because I don't want to see nursing students or people that are interested in going into healthcare be deterred by it because of what they see and how, you know, people are for the wow factor doing videos or getting on there and saying this or that, because it's not all like that. I mean, my mom was a nurse for a long time and her and I had a whole discussion about this mass exodus. And she's like, no, nursing has fluctuated in staffing from like before I was even conceived and I'm almost 30. So she's telling me, you know, this is not a new problem. And it's something that they, as in the nursing community has known as coming down the pipeline, but not just nurses, healthcare in general knows there's going to be a shortage in dentists. There's a shortage in physicians there's going to be a shortage in radiologists and not that I'm saying radiologists aren't physicians but that's what came to mind because I read something recently that was talking about that so we're having shortages everywhere it's not because we don't have enough schools there are nursing schools that are 1-800 get your diploma we'll pump you out in 12 months under 12 months or less but the problem is we aren't as a profession giving these individuals the tools that they need to be successful, not just in their job, but in life. Because when you set somebody up and you're saying, you can go get a two-year degree and start working and, and be making 30 bucks an hour within the first three years, are you really setting them up for success when you're not talking about how to handle your finances, talking about you know looking into contracts, things of that nature? And then we have issues when you bring new people onto units like travelers, there's nothing wrong with travelers. They're filling a need. The problem is discontent that becomes a seed of negativity there because now the staff are looking at what the travelers are making and saying, hey, why aren't we getting paid this? And then you you guys know the rest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that's, you know, that was something I never really understood, you know, like, because you, you know the hospital's budget for that, right? They budget for a certain amount of turnover. They anticipate like 30% of the, you know, the staffing needs are going to be filled by 
these extraneous people or the travelers or or agency or whatever it is and and i've certainly did agency and travel as well mm -hmm. um and i have nothing against yeah. that i think it's great but the thing is is that they spend so much money and it's a, it's an exorbitant amount of money and it you think that you could just use some common sense and say hey why don't we take some of this money and reward the staff and create a culture that's like enviable like when i grew up in a nursing unit that had virtually no turnover. And we were we were paid at like the median uh, percentile, right? We were paid at like 50%, the hospital down the street, they were paid at like 80% and nobody would leave because our culture in that, in that unit was so like tight. We were so tight knit. We just, we own that unit. And it's interesting that you bring that up because that was one of the other key points that my mom brought up. She said, you know, where they were at and where she was working before was in Miami and they were very busy, um, very, very busy. And a thing that they, she was actually the assistant nurse manager there. And as a unit, they had decided that because of, you know, budget constraints and trying to stay on top of things, you know, travelers are there for a season or for an extended little tiny period, but they figured if they could cover their own shifts as a staff and not bring in outside travelers, that would increase bonus money. It, it works a little bit differently than it is now because of reimbursements and, and so on and so forth. But that was 25 something years ago. Actually, no, it was 30 something years ago. But anyways, they had made a decision as a unit that they weren't, it's not that they didn't need the help, but that they were going to cover things and their culture was very, very different. It's not that they didn't want outsiders, but they had a culture where we take care of ourselves. We don't necessarily need to blow the budget on having somebody from the outside when we can take care of it. So that goes a long way. And I, I haven't heard any stories like that recently, not in the last probably three or four years when you start looking into nursing, talking about, I have a great culture. You see the HR and the advertisement and the commercials and the billboards, but where do you see the staff on social media talking about it? you don't yeah and it's like you barely even hear about like places offering like retention bonuses right now during during this pandemic is no it's you know what a, i mean like and there were and sign the on places, bonus. Exactly. Yeah, i was gonna say what's a retention bonus i've never heard of that <laughs> exactly and the places that are offering retention bonus they're like it'll be like oh here's a thousand dollars here's three thousand dollars when you're still paying like 90 percent of your staff that are travelers three times the amount of the typical foreigners so it's like a slap in the face you essentially you know what i mean like so nurses, I feel like a lot of it right now is they're not like, there's all of this focus on all of these things that they feel like they can't control. And then on top of it, they're not necessarily being valued at what they feel they're worth. Um, and then if we start talking about nurses eating their young, that's a whole nother thing. So it's just like a, a cycle that's perpetuating itself. And it's not that there's not enjoyment in it, but now that all these nurses are have left a bedside now and COVID is this COVID crisis essentially our numbers your our ratios what would typically be safe unless you live in like California are now back to unsafe and you're not getting paid what you feel you should be getting paid yeah 
Yeah, no, it's definitely a catch-22. And the irony is, is that most of those staff members have two and three other jobs in other places. So they're picking up shifts in other units, and then they have travelers coming into the unit. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just like, if somebody actually sat down and mind mapped what was going on, you know, we could save like millions and millions of dollars in, in healthcare. Yeah, um. <laughs> it's a mess. It's a hot mess. And it is a hot mess. So that's, that's I mean, Kristen and I started this uh, podcast, you know, really right, right when COVID was starting. Um, and I don't think COVID really had anything to do with us starting the podcast, but I don't know. It's just, we, so we, it, go ahead. We, we, we were terrible, not terrible. I don't think it's terrible, but like I left the first, I say the first time I left because it was the first time I left. And so there was like a tally mark. We go to dinner, we go to brunch or whatever. It's like, okay. Who's left now? All right. So then let me make a note in my notes on my phone. Oh, yep. We're up to six. They're gone. And we were like, there's a mass exodus and it's going to happen in a wave. And then <laughs> I left the second time and I'm not in charge of the wave. I'm not starting movements of leaving any units. I just have other opportunities that present themselves in my life. So that's what we were doing. We would be like, all right, Hannah, who is it this week? And she'd be like, because she was still working there. Hey, guess who just put in there two weeks or four weeks or whatever it is. I was like, no, I didn't expect that one to go. Yeah. <laughs> And so, I don't know, our, our whole thing is not only just helping nurses find a place where they feel that they fit and that they feel that their values and everything align with their job description, um, but also just like helping nurses get some of these life skills, like having hard conversations about how much you're worth uh, with your manager and having hard conversations about, no, I'm not going to pick up an extra shift unless you give me, you know what I mean? I want this for a bonus amount for to pick up a shift. Um, and just kind of having some of those difficult decisions and conversations aside from, you know, finding all of the cool jobs out there, which is one of my favorite things about our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I read something in the New York Times um, where they, you know, actually talk about how the hospital, a corporate or, or C-suite actually depends on not just nurses, but doctors and nurses to, um, you know, kind of pick up the slack and pick up extra time for free, you know, because yeah. you'll never just leave a, a patient in the wing. You're not going to leave them in your office. You're going to stay longer and they bank on that. Yeah. And they, they guilt pray, you. They prey on it. They prey on yeah. it. Because they know that we're not going to leave the patients hanging um, and just be like, oh, nope, it's five o'clock. I'm not going to see you. You know, it's just not going to, we're not going to do that. And but that's it. That's yeah, a but neither thing. are they. That's the well, thing. It comes down no, to no, they're no, not no. going to leave them hanging either. No, you're wrong because there's a difference between the people and individuals who are in healthcare on our side and the administrators who are in finance and they have to meet that quarter or exceed that quarter. So they will, in fact, leave them hanging and prey on the fact that individuals will work for next to nothing and free because they have a heart and a soul and a connection to their patients and they actually care about what they do because in healthcare we don't get in it for the numbers we don't like you don't go through med school you don't go through nursing school you don't put yourself in debt to do all of that because you're fixing to make bank you can go make bank being an accountant cooking and somebody's books no I'm just kidding don't do that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. there's, so many, there's so many different things that you can do you can go do real estate and make money you can do this you can do that 
there's so many different avenues and careers to go into. People don't just say, hey, I'm in med school because I figured I did the math. And after I've been in practice, um, well, I don't know, private practice, if there is one or this or that, after 15 years, I can break even and really start making money where I'm not in debt up to my eyeballs. Nobody says that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, yeah. I mean, I would say like, uh, especially primary care docs, and this is, you know, it's good that you're going for your family nurse practitioner. Um, I, I think they are starting to look at those numbers because they are, <laughs> they're in some serious debt, you know, like half a million dollars of debt uh, coming out and the, the primary care docs don't make that much, you know, no. or they're working, you know, they're seeing, literally seeing 40 nurse, uh, 40 patients a day. And I interviewed a nurse practitioner who opened a direct primary care clinic. And he's like, yeah, I see like five patients a day. And I'm like, what? Five patients a day, you know, compared that's to nothing. Like, oh yeah, my gosh. Nothing. I'm like, that's pure heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, but it's it was, not for his paycheck. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's not for the pay because you know he could see double that amount or triple that amount. But there, there has to be that balance between yeah. time and the money and the care that you're actually giving because you know we have everybody on. It seems like some kind of conveyor belt, and it's like let's get as many people on this conveyor belt and move the conveyor belt as fast as possible, yeah. uh, and it's exhausting. It's a cattle call. Mm-hmm. Kristen's country, true and true. Sorry, excuse her so that's like, that's what they call them they call them. They're, they're i don't even know what that means Kristen. <laughs> individuals who are in and out and they're there to bill your insurance and sometimes they see you for five minutes that's what they call it look it up yeah we used to have a cardiologist that would go from room to room and he had his uh stethoscope uh you know at the base of his neck but never in his ears <laughs> you know, now they can hear something <laughs> He was using the earbuds in his neck and uh, he would actually listen to people's chest that way. And uh, we're all oh, like, wow. oh, my very goodness. effective. Yes. Telepathic, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, all right. So tell me a little bit about, um, tell me more about the podcast. Like, how did you come up with this name? Oh, well, honestly, I don't even know. I think Kristen came up with the name. Yeah. Well, how did we, we just kind of, so I said, we got to have something catchy. We got to have something that people can relate to. And I, I don't know. I listen to podcasts because remember, guys, I had an hour commute one way. So <laughs> what else was I going to do? Not listen to music and cry on the way home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so a nurse is in the know. I, I think I wanted to call it something else and Hannah was like no that's too long and then a good friend of ours who is a critical care doctor he was over there trying to draw things and let me just tell you he's not a graphic designer so I was like yeah that's not gonna work but um I think it it really does speak to who we are we want to have nurses in the know right yeah not necessarily be we're not we're not I mean we're not a news we're not the news. We are, we will not be out there interviewing people on strike. Like I just, we don't have time for that. Not that it's not important because it is important, but we're not that kind of nurse in the know. I'm not, I, we're just all about bringing information to nurses. And I don't know. I think like Kristen said, I think we only had like two ideas and it's not that like we couldn't, we were like, oh, okay, whatever. Let's pod- call the podcast, whatever comes to the top of our head. No, it just like, it felt really fitting. And it was, yeah, it was one of the first ideas we came up with, 
Um, but it felt really fitting for, for the podcast and kind of what we stood for. So we're like, eh, okay, let's, let's run with it. And, and so we did. Yeah, I think you did a nice uh, intuitive job then with that because it's like nurses who know what they want are empowered, right? Like they can yes. really harness what they know and, and leverage their expertise. But See, uh, I love I, that. You gave it more of a meaning than we even had. And I, I love that. I, I love that. And if it is yeah. based practice was already taken, so we couldn't use that one. <laughs> yeah, that's boring anyway. Um, <laughs> I think yours is better. Um, but yeah, I mean, because that's one of the first things that we always try and, and get our nurses because it's not something nurses typically do we're always so busy thinking about other people and it's just kind of like well what is it that you really want and and just kind of like how you reflected on the crna and said you know you could have said oh look at all the money i can make as a crna but um that wasn't what you wanted right um it you know you had to be in in the know of what you wanted in order to make that decision yeah right and and there, I mean, I was like the strict, like first day, I mean, I was 14 years old and I got to shadow a CRNA in one of my um, dad's procedures. And I didn't really care about what he was doing on the other side at all. Her name is Leslie. She's a CRNA to this day. She's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you through CRNA school. She has it in her head and heart that I'm going to be a CRNA. Like she's taking patience from me. And she's like, you need to do this with your life, but because of how great it is for her life. But then we sit and talk about, you know, what I want. And now that I've been able to do this remote position and telehealth is this option that is completely growing. That is an avenue, especially with young kids and a younger family and how much I travel showing horses. That is really what I would be tailored to and would want for my future. So I have to make sacrifices now, which is not easy because I was like, I knew I was going to be a CRNA. I'm like, I do two years. I do two year stint in the ICU and then boom, I'm in Barry. Like I will be there. It's going to happen. Everything's already pretty much written in stone. And then I flipped the switch on my entire family and was like, Hey guys. Yeah. I'm going to get more education, but I'm not going to do it like that. (laughs) No, that, that's really powerful because I, I uh, teach in a, the acute care nurse practitioner program uh, in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, and I can tell you half those students are not in there because they want to be nurse practitioners or in there because they don't know what else to do. Um, and they're not, you know, to, to and they're, 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 they're burned out in, at the end of the day. Yeah, they're burnt out. They're not in their no. And it's uh, it, it's miserable for them. That's, that's, hard that's hard. another part of the podcast it, of why we are doing what we're doing is because like, that's exactly what we would see is we would see all these ICU nurses come in and be like, well, Mm. I really hate bedside and I'm really sick of it. (laughs) So I guess I'll go to CRNA school, but you know what? I don't have the GPA for it. And I, or, you know what? I don't Mm. think that I can afford the two years, three year program and not work. So I'll just go to NP to do uh, advanced practice and do like an NP program. And like, then they come out and they're crappy nurse practitioners because the nurse practitioner program don't get me started on that it needs a whole reform fired that's a whole that's a whole nother we've done episodes on this before and just how nurse practitioner school does not really truly prepare you to be a nurse practitioner and um you put into it what you get out of it what you put into it so these nurses aren't passionate about becoming nurse practitioners 
they go to school, they don't put into it what they would want. You know what I mean? They don't care about it in the first place. They're just going through the motions to make a buck. Then they get out and they realize, oh shoot, I'm not making that much more money and I'm not that great of a nurse practitioner. So it's like this vicious cycle. So we're like, okay, we have to stop this. Like we have to educate nurses that there is other things out there. You can find your passion and what you enjoy and do nursing in some capacity um, and enjoy your, your life <laughs> and still make money. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And you saying that the, the life, the passion and that what they put into it is what they get out of it. And that is, that's mm-hmm. so, so true. And it, yeah, it's, it's a huge problem because, um, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just, it's not good for them because when they do come out and they're still miserable, I mean, all they've done is they have now debt and they've like, yeah, you're perpetuating your misery, but now you have another, you know, more debt to add on to your debt. And you're like, it's a never ending <laughs> debt. You have to do the job because now you have to pay pretty much pay back your investment. Yeah. That's a huge part, huge, huge part. And like to caveat what Hannah's saying, she's like a lot of what she's speaking to are these nurses who just graduated like fresh, like the ink is still on their diploma and they're already enrolled into these NP programs. So that's another thing. Some people feel like their only option or their only way out from bedside from what they're currently doing. And a lot of the people, and the reason why we say bedside is not because we are anti-bedside. We have a foundation from bedside. And if you talk to Hannah and I both, and you're asking about advanced practice, or you're thinking about going on and furthering your education, Hannah and I will be the first to tell you, you need to go do some sort of advanced practice bedside. Like my drop right there people ask me about how I landed my job working remotely like I went back and talked to my director and I was like hey why did you why did you hire me and I was like it's not because we spent 15 minutes talking about cows I know it wasn't that I know that had to be a part of it but it wasn't that and she was like it's your background and and the ICU and and the type of nurse that we know the ICUs that have been in for that long turn out and so that is a huge testament to those advanced care settings. So that's something for people, if you're thinking about school and you're like, hey, I don't know how long I wanna do this. Not that I'm saying you should do something you don't want to, but I can, I can guarantee you that there are CRNAs out there who went and worked in a CVICU or an ICU and hated every minute of it, but they knew that they had to do it to get to the next step. And sometimes we have to make sacrifices for things now that we want later. And that's called being an adult. Like, I'm sorry, I hate to say it to some of you guys, but you can't have everything that you want. Because if it was up to me, I would have been working remotely from day one right out of school. There are some people who can do it. I just wasn't fortunate enough because I can't always have it my way. It's not Burger King. (laughs) That's true. I love that. Um, all right. So why don't you guys tell me what, you know, the vision is for nurses in the know, like what's kind of like, what's your big plan for this or, or do you have a big plan yet? Or are you just kind of taking it as it comes to you right now? So here's the problem. <laughs> so I'm Kristen done. and I, as you know, Kristen's in school. I'm starting school. Uh, we both have full-time jobs and we both have families. So Nurses in the Know, although it is like, we're super passionate about it. We love what we do. 
we have a lot of great ideas on what we want to do and we have a lot of great visions for it um <laughs> but it's it's a work in progress we're we're it's a, a kind of a balancing act right now because it isn't our main gig on you know kind of finding that line of how much do I put into this because what you put in I like we talked about is what you get out of it so our it's not like we're like not putting anything into it right now uh we're continuing the podcast we have right now we're in the middle of season three uh it's July right now I don't know how soon you upload your episodes um, and we have like most of season four pre-recorded. We're working on some some classes and uh, some other stuff that I'm not quite ready to talk about. We have a website coming. Um, but at the end of the goal, I think like we have some great vision and great ideas on how we want to execute some of the stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I think as long as we are continuing to kind of empower nurses and keep them in, informed and in the know and help them educate them uh, on making good career decisions for them, um, that's kind of our goal and vision. I, 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 that was my roundabout way of saying we do have a vision, but uh, we're not quite ready to... <laughs> We have a vision. It's just not a shareable one yet. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's it's an ophthalmologist to get the right glasses. <laughs> yeah, no, it's and it's coming. It's coming. It's just how quickly. I don't, I don't want to like, like I said, this isn't our like main gig. So I don't want to get people hyped and be like, oh yeah, this is coming, and then you guys wait and it's a year down the road, or it'll come out next month. I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll see. We also kind of put into it um, a big factor is like, you know, if we're in the negative every month, then I can't continue to put, you know what I mean? Put slave away at, at this podcast. We've been super blessed with our followers and our listeners um, that that hasn't been the case so far. Um, knock on wood. Yeah. We're not even a year old yet. Yeah. So that was so the other thing, you know, everybody, 2020 was the year of like podcasters. Like everybody decided with all their time that they had at home, not being essential workers and <laughs> no pun intended, but, um, or dig, that's not even a pun. It was a dig. So we decided to do that. And that was one of the things that Hannah and I said, you know what, we're going to give it a good honest shot for the first year. And we're going to see what it is. The biggest part of it is we're nurses for nurses. We want to disseminate. We want to have this education and information and get it out to as many people as we can. The easiest way to do that is through the podcast. We want to create a platform and an environment where nurses, A, feel they're safe, B, know that the information and education that we do put out there is like it it's concrete it's not like we're getting joe schmo with an ulterior motive and getting kickbacks from this affiliate company that they don't even use to come on it and tell like our viewers that they should buy x y and z like we don't do that yeah here pay um, for this job search service um <laughs> we'll give you yeah we don't, we don't we don't do that so it's it's difficult so Hannah's talking about a recent thing that just happened to me. Um, somebody sent that. me something from another person and they, yeah, and, and they're peddling something that they themselves didn't use or don't use and aren't financially in it. And to me, that's not, that's not who we are. And we aren't, again, we're not a newscaster and we're not 60 minutes trying to expose bad, whatever. 
No, we're just, if you're interested in case management, we have a case manager that comes on and we say, what is the day in the life of a case manager? You listen to what they have to say. You think, all right, now I've got a little bit more one-to-one insight on what that job's like. If you're thinking about going in and doing, I don't know, flight nursing, you got to stay tuned to more of season three, but we talk about stuff like that, you know? And if you're somebody, you're like, okay, how do I position myself to go and do this? Because we know as nurses, the best way to get a job is to physically go and talk to whomever that person is that's doing the job and ask them and pick their brain like, hey, how did you position yourself? What characteristics are best for this job? What are some of the things that I should be doing in my personal time to make me a good candidate for this position? Just because you're an RN, LPN, CNA, doesn't mean that you're automatically going to get a job like it, it unfortunately they're saying that we're having shortages but that doesn't guarantee a job you could get a job it could be crap pay but if you know your worth and you know how to position yourself yeah, that's so, another and, thing. and that's kind of what, what a lot of our episodes kind of highlight as well as we'll just kind of like so we'll interview someone and we do ask these questions like Kristen's bringing up um, like, how do I make myself more marketable to become, to go into this position eventually? Like what certifications can I take? What classes can I take? Um, what can I put on my resume to make it like, you know what I mean? To, Cause a lot of finding jobs is not only, um, networking and knowing the right people, but manipulating your resume in the right way that says, look, I'm good at these things that align with this job position. Um, so just kind of asking some of those tough questions, um, to help nurses find the, you know, the, those passion careers for them. Yeah. A new thing that we've been kind of dabbling in, in, I mean, I've been doing this on my personal account as well is reaching out to individuals who are nurses that have companies, because my big thing is like, if you're a nurse and I'm a nurse and we're part of a nursing community, like why would I go buy product X, Y, and Z from Amazon when you're a small business and a nurse and I can get it from you. So that that's another aspect of kind of what we're, we're not necessarily pushing that. It's just something that we we've been discussing and talking to and just creating again, that community of support. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I think that's, that's awesome. Um, and it's, it is really kind of nurses supporting nurses and it's such a, a breath of fresh air. <laughs> and I, you know, I just want to say that I, you know, I love that you guys are, are figuring things out and that you're honest about it because we all go through that, those beginning stages. And, uh, you know, a lot of us like to pretend that we're, we're something we're not when we first start out, like, you know, we're, we're, uh, we got it all together. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, like you're falling apart inside and, you know, it's, it's refreshing to hear it because when when everybody starts out, um, you know, or that first year especially, it's um, there's a lot of ups and downs, and there's a lot of like, okay, maybe I don't have my the perfect vision statement written out yet, and and that's okay. Like it evolves, it comes. Um, you might pivot in this direction or that direction. I, I mean, I was like three years into it before I had like a real vision for what it was that I was doing um and it was just because the business had to evolve yeah Um, so yeah I love that 
and, and we think, evolve too we evolve yeah. and it's along okay with to our it's okay to it's okay to start <laughs> you know it's yeah. okay to start somewhere and, and you know one thing like I know that you kind of your audience is a lot of like entrepreneurs and I'll be the first to say I'm not an entrepreneur like at all it does not come natural to me it is not something that I'm like like I'm very like type a I need to have my money like very set in stone this is where my money is coming from this is where my money is going to um so having kind of like a, a side hustle or a side business uh is very stressful for me. Um, but having someone like Kristen, um, I'm super thankful. So if you're like an entrepreneur, or you want to be an entrepreneur, go see someone or an expert. If you don't have like a really cool co-host slash co-founder, um, that's just really passionate about things and keeps you in check, then, then seek those things out somewhere so that you have someone to kind of bounce these ideas off of and keep yourself in check. So whether that be, you know, going and seeing a financial advisor or whatever it may be that you kind of struggle with, uh, I'm super thankful because Kristen and I really balance each other at, out. Um, like even, even just like kind of on the podcast, like what you're right now on your podcast, you shall ask, you'll ask a question and I won't say it so eloquently, but then Kristen will whip right back in and say it like exactly what I was thinking. We just balance each other out really well in that, in that sense. Um, so just find what I'm saying is, uh, not so eloquently, uh, <laughs> is find, find your Kristen. And if you have to pay for it, like a financial advisor or whatever, then do so. I'm gonna start charging her. <laughs> yeah. Well, you no, guys no. are uh, like good accountability partners. Yeah, accountability buddies. That's exactly what it is. And, I mean, just to piggyback off of what Hannah is saying, it's important to surround yourself with people who you know have um, your best interests in mind. What we have really found through the podcast is is definitely a community. A lot of the people, I mean, like you, for instance we interviewed you and after the interview we finished recording how much longer did we actually stay on and just chit chat about life and you gave us you know examples and details and you know ideas and that's the thing like we have not once come across someone that wasn't supportive of our platform and our podcast yeah at the beginning people were like you've got like two followers and we're two grandmas on social media and I'm the first person to tell you that and they're like, yeah, we're not going to interview with you. And we're like, okay, we didn't get our feelings hurt. We're going to keep going. This yeah. isn't over. We're not yeah. down. You can't get me down. <laughs> Sound like Kevin Hart. <laughs> Let's say it with my chest. We got this. <laughs> but that's, that's the biggest thing. I have been blown away by people that I have never met that we have interviewed and we have found so many supportive individuals. I mean, we don't pay to interview these individuals and you guys are just that to me nurses have a heart to educate and when you give them a mic and a platform to talk about something that they're passionate about they're on fire and they're so supportive of us and you know what we're trying to do and to me that's what that keep that's what keeps me going because I promise you I'm in the last two weeks of this trimester and I low key don't cry in the shower, but it's like one of those, like you start breathing kind of weird where you're just like, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, but I'm gonna make it. And you do those little prep talks. And so like tonight I worked literally up into the second that we started recording here and I'm like, okay, 
I can do this. I can do this. And I get on and I'm like, okay, yeah, I love this. I love talking about nursing and wanting nurses to actually enjoy the field. And yes, things aren't great right now, but you have to remember like your why and why you got into this and why you're going to do this. It's not because there's negative Nancy Sue up here talking about how horrible administrations are and you, you know, making videos with the sound run when people are talking about nursing. No, it's an amazing field with different avenues. You don't have to believe the negativity that you see. Like people dog med surge. I've never worked med surge. I've floated to med surge. I give it props to the med surge nurses because they take crap from the social media community and they take crap from the parent patients, not parents, but yeah, some of the parents are the patients, but like, that's the other thing. Why are you dogging a, something like go work it, do it. You know, it's not, there's too much negativity. And I just want to bring some positivity back into something that we enjoy and to pay it forward for the future of nursing because honestly there's too many people out here that don't want to see nurses be successful they want to keep us in the dark like mushrooms feed us crap and separated so we don't know what's going on and we can't make our profession better welcome to my ted talk (laughs) (laughs) it was excellent (laughs) i love it um all right uh kristen and hannah so if uh people if they want to listen to your podcast uh how do they find you where do they go how often does your podcast come out all that kind of good stuff so we are we kind of we do weekly episodes every friday uh but we do take uh some time off in between seasons so for any updates uh we are on all social medias um i'm not super twitter savvy so i haven't i don't post a ton on there i need to be better about that but we do have an instagram and a facebook and then kristen's personal instagram shares a ton of really cool stuff on remote nursing as well uh so you can find us on instagram at nurses in the know or uh facebook.com um, nurses no show not because we don't show up to work but because we're in the know and the in the know was taken obviously <laughs> Uh, like I said, websites, <laughs> websites in progress. Um, and then we are available on all major podcast platforms, um, Spotify, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, you name it, we're, we're there. Um, we have about 30 episodes out right now um, that you can feel free to listen to with all different avenues of nursing, um, some different entrepreneur roles, different bedside roles, as well as out of the bedside and uh, different kind of cool nursing positions uh, that highlight nurses who are passionate about their their jobs and how to obtain those fields. Or if you just want to learn what other nurses do, I think that's really interesting. We've learned a ton from that. Uh, and then kind of be on the lookout on our socials. We update with uh we have some really cool partnerships and stuff coming along and katie's episode is going to be out soon so if you're interested in hearing more about nursepreneurs and how she got started uh we'll definitely be there as well i promise you you're 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 not gonna want to miss it it's good stuff i edited it yeah Yeah, there were a couple of blurpers there (laughs) bloopers Um, All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for coming and doing this episode with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having us on the show. We definitely enjoyed it.